0: Okay, thank you for that. We're halfway through uh, the Book of Acts, and uh, welcome to those online. Hello, Barneses, if you're managing to hook up. Uh, uh, they're camping somewhere in the middle of nowhere, so uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Sam, who's usually the pastor here, for those that don't know him, is on holiday, and uh, he, uh, we're sorry. He is keen that we take the opportunity to pause and reflect, and have the opportunity to give feedback as to what we've been seeing and experiencing as we've been th- through the Book of Acts. Now, I appreciate some of you have been away on holidays. People have been travelling, uh, and there's all sorts of reasons that you may or may not have been part of the service, uh, this journey. But if you have, uh, we would really love love to hear from you. Ah, just looking at somebody there, just winding you up. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Sam has been um, teaching us that the Holy Spirit empowers ordinary people like you and me and points out that the book of Acts is not so much about the acts of the apostles but the acts where the Spirit is at work and leading. And Sam also encourages us to remember that, it's an. Or it should be. Being filled with the Spirit should be an ordinary day-to-day experience, not just on special occasions. You remember he asked us three questions to keep in mind as we worked our way through the book, so when we started. And those three questions, Dave, if you would be kind enough, perhaps we'll put all three up and then we'll go back one at a time. So the first question was, as you place yourself in the narrative of Acts, what are you surprised by? Or what challenges your thinking? Second question, as we learn the distinctives or priorities of the early church, what does it mean to be church? And the third one was, as you read through the story of Acts, what is Jesus personally saying to you? So your starter for 10, starting from now, attempt one or three of the questions. Does that take, it wasn't like the Ten Commandments, Take, uh, choose any one or three? Um, okay, so I would like to start? I'll just pick on somebody, uh, Kathy. <laughs> <coughs> she was actually warned I was going to do this. <laughs> well, well, just a quick one. Which
1: question do you ask? I do want to say, before I say that, won't be too long. If you do want to catch up on the excellent sermons on Acts, they are available to listen to on the Hills CFC podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hills CFC podcast, please look it up. Okay, Um, a a few years back, uh, decades back, uh, God really uh, convicted me of being apathetic of apathy towards what he was up to in the world. And through this, through re-examining Acts, I'm wondering if he's doing the same thing again, convicting me of apathy. Thank
2: you. Thank you. Thank you for being so honest. Brother, bless you. Um not sure this is a personal testimony. Either. We're not trying to do that either. We're just bringing thoughts from what God is saying to us as I understand it. I'm reading two books at the moment, and one is called The Holy Spirit by Pastor Dennis Prince. He was here last week. And um, the other one is called The Kingdom of God is Within You, and that's by Tolstoy. And um, as I'm reading them, I'm reminded by one question that Tolstoy brings up, is what we had today in the church, what Jesus intended when he used the word church? And I, I, I couldn't say anything, but no, it doesn't look like it like when you look at I'm not looking at us. I'm here when I'm saying this. By the way, sorry. Well, I'm actually looking at the at the church that you know appears to the outsider. You know, the cathedral and the and the and the small church like us, or and everything in between. Um, and um, and I suppose two things stand out. Uh, one is um, do we influence the community we're in? Uh, I think one intended that. I think there's a lot of things here that. A lot of people here doing a lot of things which influence the community. I'm not saying we're not, but that's the first thing. Are we actually out there doing stuff in the community? And secondly, am I out there? Point both ways here. Um, Secondly is um, it's about signs and wonders. Something we can't do anything about It's actually God's job. But um, I wonder just how much we're involved with that second one. I'm not saying give us a sign, God, and we'll believe in you, but signs and wonders were a big part of the book of Acts
0: you don't all have to be as eloquent as our dear brother. Thank you. But he's been reading books and you can tell. Dan, bless you, sir. Coming this way. Oh, crash. Sorry, Ben, Andy. Thanks,
3: Ben. You've got the look. Thanks, Mike. Um, How does this relate? So I've been talking with my nephew around us as a society and when you reflect on Acts, you know they were building a new culture and creating a new environment. Whereas we're in a situation where we're trying to hang on to a, I guess, a Christian heritage. And so, um, when you think about the Jews um, who went into exile, I feel like that's a we're we're in a time of exile almost in our society, um, becoming um, more and more having to stand up for who we believe in and what we do. But um, The example is Daniel um, who servant-hearted served the king but also was true to his God. And so it wasn't an aggressive stance trying to defend what he had but um, still purposefully, um, proactively um, serving the community he was in and and trying to make the most of it but while still standing true to God's beliefs. And so I'm trying to find what is the middle ground for us um, here as we um, you know, approach a very different future for ourselves. And um, in Acts, you know, it was a very proactive, simple message of spreading the good news and the gospel. And I think that's something you can proactively do and be a part of in society today without having to worry about um, too much about what we're letting go of. So um, that's just been something that's been reflecting. Yeah.
0: And this is the man who said he's not a good public speaker. Watch this space. Thank you, Ben. Anybody? So I don't want to embarrass people, I'm sorry. This just, is just an opportunity for folk to, to comment. Um, let me just come so I can see you again. Anybody else? No, obviously somebody over here now will say yes, please. Anybody else? Deep and pensive. Oh, gosh, you're going to have to put up with me if you don't talk. Oh, sorry, bless you, sir. He's a man that he's very succinct at at, at think at putting you know you listen to him when he leaves the meeting how cleverly he picks up on the themes and, and and he and Wayne in fact he and Dan and Wayne and, they, and they're all
4: good but thank you <laughs> thanks um, mine um i I had a discussion with sam I'm, a, I'm answering question one i'm not sure where that one is but Something about what? What are we learning about uh, about ourselves, or what surprised us? Probably um, the thing that uh, I had a conversation with Sam a number of weeks back about how um, uh, Peter has just always generally gotten on my nerves. Like he's just always been the kind of guy who generally just he says something and then is immediately his foot's in his mouth every time and it happens so much and you read the Bible and when you read, there's a solid 50%, 60% of the time that he says something really massive and and ground-shaking and it's almost like right borderline that he's going to say something really dumb as well or do something really silly. And, you know, I was reminded of, uh, I think in Matthew – he even has a crack at Jesus, you know, he reprimands Jesus for saying something. He says, like, Oh no, Jesus, you can't say that, you know. And um it was like his his testimony was just his his foot in his mouth all the time. And um and the thing that stood out to me, I think when we were reading about uh, Cornelius when the uh, Gentiles um received the Holy Spirit. And um, you know, you read through it and and uh he has a vision and he's told uh, you know, there's a, there's a, a a table of of unclean things uh, put before him, and and um and the voice says, you know, go for it, have have a feed, help yourself, you know. And he just, uh, and he's and, and and we hear, we we read it, and in in the passage it says that this happened three times, and he still refused until he was in Cornelius's house and realised what that vision was about. Uh, so three times he was guided by the Holy Spirit being told something and he just did not get it. Um, and then as I – I guess the, the thing that's kind of come to me as we've worked through uh, and I think most recently was about the um, – oh, I can't remember what it's called, the when they all had to meet and talk about whether or not, you know, the Judaizing teachers and things like that, the, the council, the council, when they all met up. And the thing that stood out to me though and I guess most recently was that Peter was both um, the head of a movement that was exploding and he was also learning himself and so he was both a leader and a student and the position of of leadership and the position of actually having to grow as a leader rapidly and there's this rapid expansion, there's this rapid explosion of of growth in the church. And so he not only has been tasked with uh, leading but he's also still learning. And I think the thing that stood out with me about Peter was uh, most recently was just, yeah, that journey of being a leader, uh, that journey of actually having to um, – be humble and come back and admit that you've done, you, you've, you've made mistakes that you were thinking wrong and that you had an idea and that idea has been challenged and that you actually have revisited those things. Having to do that while leading and having to do that while we're in front of people is actually incredibly difficult. And so, yeah, I think the idea of actually, you know, we live in a, um, we live in a time when we require perfection from our leaders. We require, um, anything that is not suitable for public consumption is is uh, brought down, whether it's by the public or even within within the church. Um, we live in a time when we need our leaders to be this example, and Peter, so often throughout his example, was actually one where he admitted that he um, wasn't there yet and that he had to had to relearn and refigure things out. And I just thought that was just fantastic. So Peter's actually been really inspiring for me as part of this as well.
0: Thank you so much, Soren. Oh, it's lovely what people think, isn't it? Deep thoughts. Yeah, sorry. Oh, good. We've got two. Uh, latest first, if I may.
5: Um, sorry, this is it Ronnie. Thank you. Thank you. Um, leading up to today, I was um, looking back through notes I've made um, during certain weeks when Gary and I've been here, we've certainly missed quite a few of the Sermon about Acts. But one that I look back on that I've thought of in different ways since then was back when Sam was talking about modern-day temples. And there was a real theme in that one for me. Um, And uh, Sam said that uh, he talked about the first ever connection point. Um, He then talked about us being the connection point. He said that the temple was visible, and I wrote down next to that, we should be visible. He then talked about um, the temple was a house of worship and prayer, and I wrote down, am I a visible and prayerful person? And so, to me, there's a real theme about us being that connection point or that uh, visible person doing something. And so, um, some other work that I've been doing more recently is along similar lines. And I've been thinking very much about, um, you know, are we visible? And can we be more visible? And what might that look like?
6: I hope this t- um um hope this ties in with axe but um yesterday um one moment um I had the privilege of going out door knocking with ACL and um we did our area at about hundred <coughs> and thirteen or one hundred and forty homes. It it's interesting the way that um you um you look at people and uh, you you speak to people and you can see where they're at. And it was, a lot of negatives come out of it, but I'm sure God can bring something out of it. I knocked on probably a third of of, of the homes and knocked on their doors and various people, some people wouldn't answer the door. I knew they were home. And... Um, Others were out shopping and things like that, I suppose. But anyway, I spoke with a few people and a lot of people said, no, not interested, mate. I've been through Christian Ballas College and I'm sick of it and, and all this sort of thing. A lot of people of different you know, persuasions you know, we, we, I talked with and tried to encourage them to, to read the, the Gospel of John, which I had from Australian Christian Lobby. It was a great day all over. Got sore hips out of it, but um, that's our terrain where we where we live in uh, in Chandler's Hill. Anyway, um, I just praise the Lord for the opportunity. It is very very hard to go cold turkey to people, and um, people basically I've found that if uh, uh, Australians, by and large, if we if they say they take the attitude, if they don't know you, they don't trust you. But however. It was a great outreach. It was something good, and we're praying that God will do something great in that. And uh, it it was quite a day.
0: Well done, Dennis. Uh,
6: and I admire people that do that. It certainly, as Ronnie said, it's
0: about being about being visible. Uh, it's a hard thing to do, but I remember friends that uh, two guys I knew used to go out uh, regularly witnessing, and they would just pray and they say, "Lord, lead us." And uh, and quite often. They would be led to a particular house and the knock on the door and the person would say, how did you know? Uh, and they would say, come in. Extraordinary. Okay, any, anybody else? We're just going to close it down fairly soon, but I don't want to miss any. Well, I, I, said, well,
6: <laughs> <laughs> I did knock on a door and an elderly gentleman came to the door with a walking stick. I presented him the Gospel of John there and he said, you know, I think I'm so sick do I think I'm going to be there soon. So I just blessed him. All right. Anyone else? That was so
0: so thought-provoking. Thank you. You knew that just when I got right to the front here. (laughs) Thank you, Marion. I know it will be worth running for. I hope
1: so. I'd like to reflect on a journey that I've been on that possibly the um, apostles in the Book of Acts may have experienced, But it comes from the wisdom of Onre Nguyen, who um, is a very eminent writer. And you could draw a stick figure uh, with three arrows representing three journeys according to his teachings. And one of the arrows points up, and through scripture and prayer, your journey of being closer to God. The other arrow points inward into your heart where you're reflecting on yourself and your faith and your transformation of knowing that the Holy Spirit of God is within you and is not something that's going to be lost or that you may fear that you're going to lose because it is there in you as all creation is permeated with the the love and the spirit of God. And the other journey is the outward journey, which is service and love and building community. So um, although I didn't get to hear all of the messages... Uh, I believe that those basic thoughts would have in some form gone with the apostles on their journey with their feet on the roads. There would be these inward, outward and upward journeys
5: happening. Um, I haven't heard a lot of the messages. I've sort of been out for a bit. But um, for me personally, it's... I sometimes think we forget actually how visible we really are and that we every day are interacting with so many people and we are highly visible in everything we say and believe and how we act towards them. If we have the compassion, if we're grumpy and tetchy. Um, So for me, it's really about having compassion and I am always really visible and I think that we are as a church. We are wherever we are. It's Christ, love that we're meant to be trying to to hold up to. And um, so I think that's a challenge for me personally and probably for a lot of us is everywhere we are is actually that we're visible.
0: Beautiful thoughts, Marguerite. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm going to cut it off there, um, but thank you so much for those uh, really uh, thought-provoking... Um... Ooh. Thought-provoking thoughts. Okay, I think that was just question one. All right, now what time's lunch? <clears throat> no, we're not doing that. Um, I think you get the idea, I'm sure. It, it, what is lovely is that of all the different people here, there are so many different ideas and different thoughts and different ways that God interacts with you and, and your experience. And I think Marguerite said so beautifully that we are, are very special. <laughs> we're, we're loved by an amazing God. Okay, um, I think uh, Jenny Pope. Hi, Jenny. Um, I rang her and I asked her, and she said that Sam brings the story alive, and she marvels how it's become it's become a living word. The preaching and the illustrations have made the book come alive for her. I think my second answer would be that the believers were a real community. Uh, dedicated to God and one another. My third answer, I think, was would be to remind myself of all the amazing things that I have seen and experienced of God's power in my life. And uh, I must use the gift of tongues more often. The last few days of I've been preparing, I've been chatting away there. Right, my first answer would be noting the amazing number of references to the Holy Spirit. So I'm just going to run through the first 15 chapters uh, of Acts um, very quickly. <laughs> you're worried, aren't you? But I just, actually, there are 39 different, in the first 15 chapters, there are 39. I'll just, I'll just pick up a flute few as we run through. Just see what you're listening. So in the, chapter 1, uh, you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. Uh, In which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago, Uh, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. He has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit. I will pour out my Spirit on all people, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, the place was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Ananias lied to the Holy Spirit. Uh, We are witnesses of these things and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Be full of the Spirit and wisdom. Uh, This was Stephen, a man full uh, of faith and Holy Spirit and that people could not stand against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke and on and on it goes. 39 different occasions and I'm sure I've missed one or two. Philip, the Spirit told him to go and stand by the chariot, and then the Spirit transported him, uh, be filled with the Holy Spirit, encouraged by the Holy Spirit, and on and on it goes. I'm only on chapter 10, and so, yeah, it just goes on. Next week, uh, we've, we're getting on to chapter 16, and uh, Adam Lohmeyer and Andrew Langmaid are going to take that, uh, uh, those chapters, and I'm really looking forward to how they're going to unpack that for us. But again, it's more or more work of the Spirit, and it's just a great story. I'm very envious. I'd like to have a crack at that. Okay. Right. So God is at work amongst us, unfolding truth. Sue spoke last week when she was leading about an ember starting to glow, and there is this sense of the, the Spirit starting to work amongst us. Richard, in his corporate prayer, spoke about being empowered by the Spirit. So I was—I was going to. I think we're just running out of time, and Trevor's already alluded to it. This is this amazing book, *The Spirit Factor*. Now, as I was preparing, knowing we were going to be talking about the spirit, I thought, "Hmm, I'd love to get hold of that book." And I saw that it was at the uh, uh, state—sorry, national conference down at uh, uh, at Seton, and because Bev and I went there and uh, came home without it, um, and it's called *Age*. (laughs) And uh, anyway, who was here last week? but Dennis and Nolan, who are beautiful, beautiful people, and we've known them many, many years. And uh, he said, Mike, I've got a book for you. And he gifted me this book. And I thought, God, how great is that? <laughs> so the Lord knew I needed needed some help. And uh, there's, there's lots of things I was going to tell you out of this. But um, I really encourage you to read it. So if you're interested in the history of the Holy Spirit, uh, the Azusa Street Revival, what is the roots of our Pentecostal charismatic system, um, it is a fascinating book. There are stories, or illustrations, as personal experience. Um, a couple of standout things that, that came from the book, which I enjoyed. He said that in the last hundred years, since this outpouring of the Spirit, the revisitation to the church at uh, churches in uh, Azusa Street in uh, Los Angeles, has spread worldwide into what we now know as the Charismatic and um, um, Pentecostal movement. And I'll define that for you in a minute. But what what they've discovered is that um, those churches. He said, "If if this spirit outpouring is is it significant? If it's a, a God thing, there will be a God size factor." And so, as they look at their research and they've done an analysis and there's church light surveys and, and many things, they've found that over six hundred million. Pentecostal charismatic Christians, and that includes uh, Catholic brothers and sisters, particularly in South America, but there, are, there is a huge outpouring of the Spirit across the world. and, and Just extraordinary. So, six, so if you work that out, was it, six billion people in the world? Is it six, somewhere around six? I don't know. I lost count after I got five. Um, um, but um, uh, So there's about a tenth, a tenth of the Christian population, oh, sorry, the, the tenth of the world a tongue-speaking, spirit-filled people who love God. Now, that's not counting other lovely brothers and sisters who don't uh, follow that particular stream. There are many, many people in the evangelical churches. But the churches that are are filled with the Spirit uh, are growing at four times the growth of any other churches. Four times, 400%. Fascinating figure. It's just that the Spirit of God is on, 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 and because they're seeing signs and wonders, because they are opening the box, as, it's, as it were, that the Spirit of God would flow through them and that they would become visible and, uh, and have the, the courage, the power to pray with people and see, see signs and wonders. That uh, was, they were just amazing. The other, the other interesting thing was it and, and many of you have been worshippers or have been followers of uh, uh, songs for years, uh, Dennis and Noly used to put together the resource songbook. Uh, um, anybody over 50 would know it. Um, but um, they, they would select songs from, from all over the world and send them off to different people and uh, they would choose, I think it was about 15 each time they put out a, I think, they came to the conclusion, after years and years of surveying this, and they, they were in the best position to do this, that over 90 percent, probably cl- closer to 95 percent of the songs came out of charismatic Pentecostal churches. They were a worshipping congregation. There were people that worship our ah, Sam, uh, write songs which are worshipful. 90 percent uh, well over 90, and they said that they would slip in tapes from other churches, non-charismatic churches. And they wouldn't even make the cut. You know, it wasn't just their opinion; this was an opinion about worshippers all over the world. Extraordinary. So there is there is the God side, God sized factor. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, this book is absolutely fascinating. Here's the here's right, here's the promo now uh, advert. Um, if people were interested, if if I can uh, get people, six people, Dennis said, he would do it for a special price, including postage. So if you're interested, please see me afterwards. Sorry, no steak knives. But it is a very, very good read. Um, okay, I devoured it in a week while I was home, which, by the way, I think I had a miraculous healing. Um, about Tuesday, I was sniffling and coughing and blowing my nose and and uh, you know you, you know guys when you get a man cold, how serious it is you think you're going to die and uh, so I thought, oh my goodness, no, I've got to speak on Sunday and oh. and so I'm coughing and spluttering, and I thought, no, that's not good enough, I don't believe that and so I actually laid hands on myself, which is a funny thing, and I thought, well, look you know why not hey and um, but I think it was actually the prayers of other people, and within two days this cold broke and you can pretty well hear now. I'm pretty well symptom free. I blow my nose occasionally. Just extraordinary. That's less than five days. So thank you for your prayers. Um, God is at work. Uh, it's just it really blew. Me. You asked Bev how how pathetic I am when I'm when I've got a cold. <laughs> All right. We've done that. I've talked about that. Let's define the nature uh, of the Pentecostal Charismatic churches. Um, There are groups of churches who believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit as a discrete, that means individually separate, and distinct experience to being born again by the Spirit uh, with the evidence of speaking tongues, prophecy, signs and wonders. In Australia, there are a number of these churches and things we used to know as the A.O. Jews. Now, uh, Australian churches, uh, our own denomination... Uh, C3, formerly Christian City Church, there's a number of them. There's the Charismatic Pentecostal and a number of Catholic churches who are... um, Interesting, both the Catholic and Anglican churches believe in the second blessing. If you look in their confirmation services, and I was uh, was confirmed as an Anglican in, in my high school believed in God, didn't know who Jesus was, had no idea who the Holy Spirit was, but I I love God. And so I did the thing as a high school student, I, you know, I wanted to do the right thing. And the Bishop of Peterborough in England came and he laid hands on me and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. It's actually in the prayer book. Um, now, nothing happened that I was aware of at the time, because I think it may have just become a a formula. Uh, it, was, it certainly wasn't a lot of faith on, on my, my behalf. I didn't even really understand what I was doing, except I, I was aware of God and wanted to love Him. Um, but things have certainly changed a little bit since, since I've understood a bit more. So, here we go. Gosh, I'm just trying to chuck stuff out because we've had a lovely time. Um, What are we saying at all this? We've had some wonderful teaching over recent weeks and months on the personal activity of the Holy Spirit. But what is his real purpose for you and I in this local church? The purpose of being baptised in the Spirit provides supernatural power. It's not knowledge. It's not head knowledge. It's not good arguments, is it? Paul said, I don't come with great words and eloquence. I come with the power of the Spirit. To become effective witnesses for Jesus, propagating his gospel Nothing to do with being born of the Holy Spirit or forgiveness of sin. It's power and forgiveness. Sorry, power and forgiveness are two distinctive and different works of the Holy Spirit. It's an encounter with divine love. It's not just power, is it? It's the power. Is it the love of power or the power of love? God fills us with an amazing power. We have compassion for people and we want to respond. Lovely story of a. a man in Mexico, a minister um, who's running a campaign down there, and this little Mexican peon—I think a little Me- Mexican peasant—came out to the front for prayer. Very dishevelled, tiny little guy, and the preacher looked at him and he felt such compassion for him, and he didn't—he didn't know what to do, and so he took off his coat and wrapped it around this little man because his clothes were so poor, and um, uh, and it went round him twice. You know. <laughs> And the man threw his hands and he says, I can see, I can see. What a wonderful miracle, isn't it? As the, man, as the preacher reached out to this man in compassion, the spirit of God fell and healed this man of blindness. Just a wonderful, wonderful story. It's love and power. Dan's already told us, we don't need to, to be told that the Christian church in the West is under pressure. Forces at work, particularly in our media, mocking the Christian faith and our belief in God. We live in an increasingly hostile society, not unlike the early church, and we need spiritual weapons, as they had, to fight against the tide which is rising. But tides go out again. (laughs) Not by might, human effort, nor by power, politics, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty, through the prophet Zechariah. Perhaps as never before does the church in this age need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to stand for truth and beat back the lies of our enemy Satan. Speaking of protection and the armour of God uh, that he provides in the battle that rages, is Paul's encouragement to the church at Ephesus. In the midst of their spiritual battle, he says, be praying at all times in the spirit. Use your spiritual weapons. Put on the armour of God, but use your spiritual weapons. Ephesians 6, let us pray and see again the signs and wonders and thousands coming to Christ as the Holy Spirit sweeps across this great south land of the Holy Spirit. How will this happen? When the power of the Holy Spirit falls. And I know we're in Adelaide, but can we, can we say an amen? Amen. Well, that wasn't bad. <coughs> can we just try one more? Amen. Hallelujah. Well done. Selwyn Hughes' his, uh, um, daily devotions, I quote from it often, uh, it's a, a daily devotion, uh, reaches, still reaches nearly a million people, which is extraordinary. i it. love to have a circulation of a million, wouldn't you? Nothing would be more advantageous to the world, says Selwyn, and the church than for Christians to avail themselves of the gifts and graces that God has in his storehouse in readiness for the time when we will ask for them. Isn't that a lovely statement? Nothing would be more advantageous to the world and to the church than for Christians to avail themselves of the gifts and graces that God has in his storehouse in readiness for the time when we will ask for them. So how do we receive this gift? Jesus tells us, ask. The Father gives the Holy Spirit to them that ask. He's a good Father. Will he give you a snake? How much more will he give you the Holy Spirit for those that ask in him? Paul says, eagerly desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And twice about that. Certainly the Scriptures indicate that often the Spirit came to those who were worshipping. It's also clear that we should be seeking not the giver, sorry, the giver, not the gift. Getting tongues is not the aim. It is only the confirmation of a discreet and powerful encounter with the Spirit of Jesus as a separate event to receiving Christ as your Savior and being born of His Spirit in regeneration, it is the sign of being filled with the Spirit, and increases one's faith to believe for and operate the other nine gifts. You know, once you start, you know, you start doubting, and you think, oh, "I don't know. I don't feel very worthy," and blah, 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 blah. And then it says, James says. Speaking tongues, edify yourself. Start praising the Lord in your unknown language, into your prayer language. And the next thing you find, something stands up on the inside. And uh, the world seems to change. The perspective seems to change. I know when I... uh when I was seeking the baptism of the Spirit many years ago, and as and Sam said, you know, it should be a common day. It shouldn't just a common experience. It shouldn't be something we have to strive for. But there is a sense of pushing into God, of desiring that, not just, you know, oh, yeah, well, that would be nice, Lord, if you want to do that. Um, but I, I remember I spent hours. Um, things were called tarry meetings. I used to wait on the Lord. Uh, I spent hours praying, waiting on God, reading the Scriptures. I used to get hot flushes. I used to be having a change of life. I'd be lying on my bed and I'd be reading the Scriptures and I'm praying. I said, "Lord, what is this Holy Spirit thing?" And I can I can I have some of this? And and uh, and I get this sort of hot waves going up and down. I mean, I, I want to wake my mate up and say, "Hey, I don't know what's happening here?" Getting, I don't know what to do. And then uh, extraordinary thing that. Uh, um Bev and I just got engaged and uh, we'd um, had lunch and she'd just dropped me home to the boarding house where I was living, had a room, and we were sitting in the car outside just as she was about to drop me off. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, uh, we just we were talking and we said, you know, there's a heaviness. It just felt, just felt such a, a pressure, an oppression on us. So being a, you know, wanting to impress my fiance of how spiritual I was, I grabbed her hand and I said, let's pray. And I prayed this long and involved prayer of so God, I, I don't know what this pressure is, but would you take it away? <clears throat> Pretty impressive prayer. And with that, it felt, it was an extraordinary sensation. It felt like somebody had got a can opener. You know the old sardine cans where they used to the little thing? And roll back the roof, and it felt like some hands reached into the car and lifted weights from our shoulders, wouldn't it, Bev? It was just the most, it, just, it, it was black to white. The light came on, whatever. It was just this pressure. Lifted. And I went, wow, what was that? So I then ran in uh, to have a shower before, uh, before church. And I'm in the shower going, God, that was amazing. That is extraordinary. I've never, never experienced anything like that. What was all that about? And then I heard this gurgling noise. And I'm looking around and I'm thinking, gosh, this is making a funny noise. The water must be girdling out of the plug. And, what a funny noise. Oh, I'm speaking in tongues. And that's what happened. Just, uh, you know, I can't explain that. Crazy. One other thing. I love telling stories, you know. that? Oh, we've still got a, we've still got a couple of hours yet. Um, <laughs> sorry, we'll, we'll, we'll get into corporate prayer in a minute. We had the privilege to go up to New Guinea. Uh, amazing, amazing experience. We went up, we went up, to, uh, a team of us went up to Manus. Who you heard about in recent years of the refugee camps uh, up there. It's off the north of uh, uh, New Guinea. And we went to do uh, an outreach in the marketplace. And so there was a team of about five white, white people and the, the local church pastor who's a beautiful, beautiful man. And so we sing choruses and, uh, Crowd started to gather the market Saturday morning, two, three hundred people started to gather in the in the market square. And they were listening to us, they were probably intrigued the fact there were some white people that manus is quite a long way up from white people actually weren't that common. And uh, and then it happened. Out of the crowd, somewhere up by about like the door, this man started to walk across the marketplace. And I'm looking at him and going, Oh, my goodness. You could literally see his eyes rolling around in his head. And I thought, oh, God, this is a demoniac. This is a real demoniac. And he started to sway and you could see he was angry and he was coming and he was coming to the song leader and he'd got the microphone and he was starting to put his arm forward to protect himself and this guy was getting closer and closer. And I thought, God, what do we do? What do we do? And I started to speak in the spirit. And I go, oh, mach, tish. And I just started rebuke. Uh, this man just come. I didn't know what else to do. I just prayed in the spirit. And with that, it was a most extraordinary thing. The spirit of God came down on this guy and froze him. And I mean they froze him. He couldn't move. He, he, got, he was coming you know, like this. And then he just, it was like he hit a plate glass window. And he just. He was arrested. And this, uh, I just felt God say, go and take him out. And I'm <laughs> So I just went and, and he was stuck and I mean he was stuck and I just grabbed him and I said, come with me, would you? Come with me. And we led him away and took him around the back and left him with some of the uh, the local local brothers. But I'd never seen or experienced anything quite like that. It was a most extraordinary thing. So it's real. Um, okay. So now uh, I thought we'd do something a little bit different. We're going to have corporate prayer and... You guys are going to pray. Um, well, at least I hope you pray. I would love you if you would pray. I'd be really, God would be pleased if you would pray. <laughs> so can we just, in sort of summarising a little bit of um, what we've been discussing today and what's happening in the sense that the Holy Spirit is real, and um, maybe just a few people, short prayers, would you like to do that? And then Kathy's going to come and lead us in a song and we'll just see where it goes and then Wayne will. So let's jump to our feet. Wakey, wakey. Sorry, no coffee. Smell the coffee. All right, open your hearts to the Lord. Who'd who'd like to pray? Just a few short prayers. Come on, people. Love God together. Thank you, Jesus. Bless you, Lord.
5: We pray to do that, Lord. We just thank you God you're almighty, all oh, powerful and yet you deal with us with just such a tender touch. You whisper with the Holy Spirit Lord and we thank you your love for us. Thank, thank you.
2: Praise you Jesus. Father well, we lift up those around us of our own families, loved ones, each one of us. Uh, pray for them. Those who don't know you, help us, oh God, to be wise and to be gracious in uh, our feelings with each one of our family members. In a way, which would draw them toward you, God. Yes, mm-hmm. in a way that would really uh, turn their heart toward Jesus. Thank, Thank
6: you. Thank you, Lord. to... to uh, trust you, Lord, in difficult situations. Lord, this um, friend of mine is expected to die yesterday or today. Lord, I don't know what to do about it, but I just leave your spirit strong and able. Lord, help us to be brave enough to trust you. And pray for this guy, Lord, that you might raise him up in get way you, choose? Thank you for your spirit, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
0: Father, we thank you that you are so gracious. Lord, there's many of your people who have had extraordinary experiences of you, with you and of you. And Lord, there's others that are still wanting that encounter with you. Lord, to, to, to be filled with your love and your power. And Lord, may, may you answer their prayers. And Lord, help us as a church to be filled with your spirit. Lord, that uh, we wouldn't be operating in our own strength, but in your power and listening to you and speaking the words that you give us. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you that you love us, you take us just as we are, just ordinary people, and you make us into supernatural beings by filling us with your very presence. Oh, God, we love you today. We thank you for your amazing patience with us, your great grace your love that sent your son to the cross for us. Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you've sent the Holy Spirit to be amongst us, Lord, to comfort us, to be with us. You don't send us out alone to do your work. You come every step of the way with us. You comfort us. You speak to us. Lord, we're not alone. Father, thank you for this time today as we've, uh, talk to each other, and talk to you, and learned a bit, and laughed a bit, and enjoyed you, oh God. So, Lord, we're just going to close with a, a song and uh, it's Sam's song, a song we we sang earlier We're just going to re- sing that again. And uh, if you've never, never, ever uh, had the the beautiful language, maybe as you're singing, just stop singing English words or your own native tongue. Just see with it. let God fill your mouth. Maybe just the way for you that you will experience just the love of God, his power coming upon you. Thank you, Kathy, as you lead us now. Amen. Thank you, Lord.
7: Yeah, just uh, want to thank you, Holy Spirit, for being at work amongst us in this place this morning. Uh, Thanks, Mike, Uh, for those who spoke up as well. Just really uh, grateful to you for uh, spurring us on and encouraging us this morning. Um, That's it for the formalities. Uh, There's a chance to just hang back afterwards and catch up for a chat. Uh, if there's something you've come that you wanted someone to pray with you or you you're wanting to understand how uh you can invite the holy spirit to be a more active part of your life i just encourage you to uh, go to the prayer room and just catch up with one of our prayer team who would love to uh, talk and pray with you as well and yeah just just my prayers that you'll hold on to something you've heard this morning and the lord will just um use that to make you more effective more visible um to be to be encouraged and active and just really know the spirit's power in how you uh, interact with others as well so yeah thanks for being a part of today's service and yeah trust you have a great week and god bless you all thanks